0: The following conversation originally aired on The Point on KPOV 88.9 FM High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Airing weekdays at 9 a.m., The Point is a half-hour, locally produced show focusing on people and events in Central Oregon.
1: All right, guys, it's great to be with you today. Ben Marsh and Chris Hassan and Russell Simpson, all of you from around the Bend Farms. I'm excited for us to be able to give an update to our community about what you guys are doing.
0: Oh, we're equally excited. Thank you so much for having us on the show again, Carolyn. <laughs> That's great.
1: You bet. Well, I know that you have been working very, very hard for a number of years to bring all of this dream to reality. And it is really a pretty awesome reality too. You've teamed up with The Giving Plate. So we can start out just by giving a little bit of background if you'd like to and where you're at and where it's going and how it's working too.
0: Absolutely. Love to. Thank you. Since our last interview that we had with you, we have had a lot of really interesting twists and turns in the road you know and of course i think we use we often use covid as sort of a landmark or a reference point for a lot of the interesting things that have that have happened and so one of the great things that we've been able to do is is to bring on a farm manager who can help us to sustain the farm in the, in the giving plate so that we can continue to grow fresh food for their guests that was one of the unintended Challenges and consequences that happened as a result of of building this farm right in the beginning of a pandemic, and so (laughs) um, it it just became a challenge to manage it. It it became a challenge to try and address the needs that that were increasing through the pandemic. There were more people who needed food, and and the farm that we built was intended to you know feed a certain number of people. And what we realized is that it's too small, So, so. So we brought on a farm manager so that we could sustain the farm for the Giving Plate. And then we have plans to grow more food because we realized through the lessons that we have learned through this growing experience of the Giving Plate that there, well, I think to date, there's been over a 20% increase in the number of people who are requiring the Giving Plate services since last year. And last year was a 30% increase from the previous year. So the big question mark is, well, how are we going to meet that challenge, right? So, so what we're doing is uh, we're putting our heads together. We are talking a lot. We're we're formulating plans and we're executing them. So, so our our next big step that we'll be taking is is to expand the farm. In the yes. Game.
1: And Chris Hassan, you also were one of the co-founders, and you're the branding and marketing strategist. How are you working through this too with all the Ins and outs that have been thrown at us through COVID.
2: Well, our main agenda right now is to, like Ben said, we want to expand our capacity and our ability to to grow more, to help more people, and uh, and to grow a more diverse array of things uh, when you have a small uh, environment uh, an enclosure, you're limited to the environment that you can create and wanting to be able to grow different types of things requires some diversity in in the uh, the growing environment. so what we've been doing is trying to to fundraise in order to allow ourselves to to expand our operations to have a larger growing facility where we can can actually have a more diverse output and to to be able to help more people with it. So you know all our efforts creatively have been going into into that fundraising campaign.
1: Sure. And fundraising is a big piece of of everybody's work these days because there's there's such a need all the way around. And as Ben pointed out, the the need has grown exponentially through this. So how are you approaching some of that fundraising?
2: you know it's it's a challenge it's a challenge uh, with all of the different things going on in the world to raise above uh, all of that uh, that uh, demand for attention and, and try to to you know get to the top of that priority list for people so you know we've put something together as far as an email campaign and we have you know, facebook outreach and we've been reaching out directly to local businesses uh, letting them know what we're trying to do and seeing if they're interested in in supporting us and partnering with us. Guys, let me know if we have any more efforts beyond that. Russell?
3: We have been having some good traction with uh, medium and small local businesses. They exist in the community. They deal with the community on a daily basis, and they really understand that the need here is high. People need locally grown, very nutritious food, and we're providing that So we have been having some some partnerships with local businesses and organizations.
1: And your collaboration with the Giving Plate has to be helping out, too, because people are coming in there and finding and receiving the food that they need. So is is that a pretty good venue for you for getting the word out about what your plans are?
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, through especially through social media, and we we send little shout outs to each other through through Facebook, and uh, and so their followers will comment, post lots of comments about how great they think the project is, how they're looking forward to seeing, being able to uh, get things up and going again, and in, in in addition to the grassroots type fundraising that we've been able to do up to this point, we've also we've also been going after grants. So we we currently have a grant application submitted to Oregon Community Foundation, OCF, and uh, and we'll be hearing uh, back from them hopefully in August. So that's really, really exciting. We're keeping fingers and toes crossed on that. Yes. Um, And then, of course, just leveraging the support of community partners who really like the project and who want to help provide a platform for helping get the word out so of course we've had some interest from a uh, local news station ktvz also ben bulletin and uh, and i'm i'm currently texting back and forth with the the writer the, the column writer who who published our story uh, our, in the ben bulletin and he he actually just pinged me today and said that our story has been gaining so much traction they have certain metrics that that show up for them and i guess a lot of people are talking about our projects so
1: that's so that's great. fantastic. Yes. Russell, you are the executive lead designer for the, the hydroponic garden itself. And you were explaining to me a little bit earlier about the, the intricacies of, of trying to increase the work that you're doing and, and increase the amount of space that you have to do a lot more growing. So tell us more about that.
3: The Giving Plate has been you know, basically a perfect partner uh, for us to work with because they are a point of distribution of food. And they have kindly allowed the system to be built inside of their warehouse. It's actually on the second floor. And we actually took over a small space that was being used as just dry storage for foods. So it's just a small little corner that we're using. And we built an enclosure in there so that we can grow the first produce that we're offering, which is lettuce. As Chris said, though, we do want to expand and be able to offer not just more lettuce, but also more types of foods. But as he was uh, speaking about, different foods require different environments to grow in. So tomatoes need like a hothouse environment, whereas lettuce, it's a little bit cooler than that and slightly drier. um, And strawberries obviously need their own type of environment too. So uh, part of our expansion would be possibly in the same space, creating different enclosures that can simulate different environments so we're able to grow more diverse array of foods and also just a larger quantity of foods to be handed out to the community.
0: Thank you, Russell. We've chosen hydroponics specifically just simply because we're we're looking at a high desert region with a very short growing season where it's really challenging to grow in soil. I mean, you have to import soil and then amend the soil and maintain it, which takes a lot of work and, and attention. Now at the giving plate, they don't have a soil-based environment in which to grow, so that that's a challenge, and and so we we had to really come up with a solution that worked best for the environment in which we were growing. So we're not really saying that oh well, hydroponics is the way to go. In some cases it is, but in the other cases it might not be. So you know I I think that it's important to to really emphasize how what what we do uh, what we really try our hand best at is to adapt the growing methods that are being used to the environment in which we're trying to, to integrate it.
1: Right. And even in areas where the soil is rich and, and is well suited for growing, they use a lot of, of fertilizers and chemicals and things. I'm wondering, does the hydroponic growing alleviate some of that because of of the fact that you're using water and it's pretty, pretty thoroughly vetted for, for growing things, isn't it? It can. Yeah, sure. And, and a lot of it just depends
0: on the grower and the grower's preferences and if you're in a commercial growing situation in an environment where there are lots of pests then there are alternatives right you you can use non chemical like for instance there are, there are certain farms that will use natural predators like you mm-hmm. know ladybugs or something like that uh, to to address it so one of the things that we have had issues with in the past with respect to insects uh, we had some housefly issues so we just had to put up some some sticky tape <laughs> to to address the housefly problem, but um, but it was non it was non chemical. We didn't have to put yeah. any treatments on the plants or anything. So we will do everything in our power to avoid having to use any kind of chemical pesticides in the growing environment.
1: Right. Russell, since the Giving Plate is moving, that's going to facilitate you being able to take over a little bit more space and, and increase your growing situation?
3: Yeah, we have a very good partnership with the Giving Plate. Their plans are still under development, but we are going to continue to work with them as they determine how they're going to move and how they want to use the space. They certainly want to work with us in expanding our farm into whatever space is available, and that could certainly be in the warehouse.
1: Paige Welsh is employed by you now as the farm manager. She wasn't able to be with us today. What kind of stuff does she have to do as the farm manager to keep things the indoor farm going?
0: One of the one of the main things is that she'll have to do, of course, is learn the ropes of managing a hydroponic farm. She does have a background in gardening, but this is her first time operating a hydroponic farm. So she dove in and taught herself about hydroponic farming on her own time. And McKenna, our, our project manager, has been working tirelessly with Paige to get her fully integrated into the system, learning about it, learning, you know, showing her the ropes. I, I think that the, the whole thing has been really beyond what we expected it to be. Paige really loves operating the system, loves working with McKenna, loves the, the project and our mission and what it is that we're doing. And, and she's super enthusiastic. So we couldn't really asked for a better candidate.
1: Great. Yes, Russell.
3: The hydroponic system is not that difficult to use and it does operate continuously, but it does need a little bit of oversight. So it's typical to be there for about an hour or less per day just to check in on it. And then a little bit more time during the actual harvest and also the planting. And there's a little bit of uniqueness to learn about it, but you know any new job has its unique things to learn. Um, so yeah, she's doing a great job and is fitting right in and taking over the system and running it really well. We have uh, seedlings that are getting ready to be transplanted onto the vertical towers any day now.
1: Wonderful. You spoke about when it's harvesting time, how many times a year are you able to harvest all the different crops?
3: So it depends on the crops, of course. Lettuce takes about four weeks to get to the point where it's ready to harvest, maybe five weeks sometimes, depending on the environment. But then uh, one of the benefits of lettuce is that if you are growing the plant yourself, you don't have to pull the entire head. You can just take leaves off of the plant and then it can continue to create lettuce leaves for maybe a month or so, depending on the individual plant. And that actually works really well with one of the things that we're starting to do, which is going to be offering a salad kit at the giving plate. So rather than a head of lettuce, we're going to have some lettuce leaves in a container, hopefully along with some other locally grown vegetables that would work well in a salad. And we're also going to offer these salad kits with some ideas for how to use them in in different meals, and hopefully offer that in multiple languages as well to help serve our, our diverse community.
1: Wonderful. Chris, there's a term that is, I think, maybe unique to your group that's called Grownology. Would you like to tell a little bit about that?
2: Yes, Chronology is—it's kind of our our branded name for uh, for the systems we build and for uh, ultimately what what our end goal for what we want to achieve with with our business uh, is, and that's to have have our own growing hubs located throughout. This community and ultimately other communities is something that's very expandable where we can have multiple small localized healthy growing units where we are growing local healthy greens for the the immediate community, as well as having an educational opportunity to teach people about nutrition, to teach people about hydroponics and, uh, and vertical farming. And, uh, you know, a, a location where people can, can gather and, and, and be a community. So, you know, that's kind of our, our end goal, our, our big uh, dream, pie in the sky kind of thing, is to kind of establish a, a working model of one of these, ideally here in Bend, uh, and then be able to figure out how we can, how we can expand that into uh, multiple locations.
1: Have you been able to start with the educational portion of that and helping people around here with learning about it?
0: Well, we're using our, our current project right now with the Giving Plate as a sort of maiden voyage for that. So um, so we're going to actually uh, do a soft launch of that with our Giving Plate project. And we'll be able to learn from that as we go and, and kind of figure out how to adapt it and tailor it better for the community. Because it's really the, it's really the people, the, the, the guests of the Giving Plate or our customers or the clients, you know, the people that we're looking to serve who are telling us what their needs are. And then we listen to that and then we, we do our best to respond accordingly. So that's really going to be where we're going to be start getting started is with our current project.
1: Oh great. Yes well with people can learn more about how it happens and what's going on it will certainly spur interest in it and and interest means support too. So Absolutely. Yes. So if somebody is interested in helping out financially through donations or or volunteering how do they get a hold of you? How do they find you? I know you said you have a Facebook page.
0: We do. We have a Facebook page. We have a website around the bendfarms.org. It also is on our webpage, our homepage, there's a donate button that can be clicked on. And when you click on it, it will direct you to donate through PayPal. It's a secure website and, and that works really well. Also, we can accept donations being mailed to our business address as well. And our business address can be found on the homepage of our website down at the bottom of the page.
1: Wonderful. And so there's lots for people to do, but it sounds like this is a pretty small operation. You don't need a lot of volunteers to help you out specifically with with this GROW project.
3: Oh, we welcome. (laughs) Go ahead, Russell. (laughs) The the hydroponic system takes care of most of the manual labor. We don't have to dig holes. We don't have to weed plants. So it's a much simpler system to run. (laughs) If people want to really be involved, they can learn how to hydroponically farm at home. This isn't just about our business. It's about an idea that is part of the solution to the climate issues that we're facing and the agricultural issues. So if they want to farm at home, that's great. We definitely have resources that can help people educate themselves on how to do that and which products are useful. I mean, if they want to build a larger farm in their own greenhouse at home, we can very much help with that
1: wonderful guys it's been wonderful to get to talk with you again today I'm so excited for the progress that's happening and the plans that are coming up for you as well as the the hope that there's going to be a nice long future for for this group because it certainly has worked well so far
0: thank you so much and and we love you know visiting with you talking to you and telling you about our project and and we're you know hoping that we'll be able to continue to expand and grow through the community support that we receive as we as we sally forth.
1: Yeah. Wonderful. Well, good to talk with you, Chris and Ben and Russell. Thanks for being with me. And we'll stay in touch.
0: Excellent. Thank Thank you. you so much. Thanks, Carolyn. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value
1: your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.